Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Take shows like this, like our interview here with, um, I call him a noted expert on what's happening in the market because he's always ahead of the curve, and his name is Robert Kudla. He's joining us, and uh, although the news on the food the gas and the housing front is devastating. Numbers came out on Friday. Um, there are There is good news in certain segments of our economy. And we want to really give you the good news here and the fact that if you know what you're doing and you know where to put your money, you're going to be okay. And uh, this is, I really can't stress this enough, folks. There is a dark side, and then there's the light. And you can make a decision which direction you want to move. Bob, welcome to the show. And uh, it's almost like our economy is schizophrenic. Um, yeah, I guess you could say it's schizophrenic, but it's really not. I mean, look, the Federal Reserve, uh, central bankers in general have uh, gone on a campaign to basically, you know, kill off the economy. And now everybody's surprised that it's actually being killed off. And the whole inflation narrative is going to be going away here uh, very, very soon. I mean, you know, we're talking on a Monday morning here, and the PMI came out, and uh, it was very negative. And so uh, contraction-level stuff. And so they, they overshot unprecedented moves higher um you know in fact i think uh and maybe we, we could talk about this on another another podcast but i think these moves by the world central bankers are going to f- actually force the politicians to uh uh to to basically take over the central banks around the world because they they are op- operating at cross purposes for politicians abilities to get reelected and um and I think that's become a problem. I've been reading article after article about how um, in Europe uh, that that they said the central banks are not doing what they should be doing. You know, France in particular. And then you have uh, uh, obviously China owns their central bank. Turkey owns their central bank. You know, uh, you have the Janet Yellen doing some games with Treasury uh, money to uh, basically kneecap the Fed. In terms of, of uh, um, you know the bond yields and stuff like that, so it's getting to a point now where uh, you know it's, it's causing pain in the elite circles. So I think you're going to start seeing whatever this move is is going to have to uh, abate. If you look at what happened in England, right, a couple of weeks ago, they blew up their bond market. Yes. Okay, and and now you know Japan. If you saw on Friday, they had to. You know, they had to shove $50 billion into their Forex markets to keep the yen from from wiggling out of control. And today, the yuan in China, primarily because of the of Xi's uh, power play, um, the yuan is collapsing. So, you know, and then you have even the Swiss franc, which is really the strongest currency in the world, had to get swap lines from the United States government. So king dollar is becoming emperor dollar. And, 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 you know, in one way, shape, or form, it's kind of good. But in many ways, if it's too far, too fast, it causes dislocations and, and it causes what, you know, you just euphemistically call the schizophrenia is that, you know, the, the real world is ahead of the data right now. And so we can look around. 
the data that the governments are using are, are, are smooth data and they're not, they're not reflecting reality on the ground today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, so what you're saying is the wrong people are being hurt and there's going to be a sea change? Well, now everybody's being hurt, you know. That's, so That's um, the wrong people if the elite are being yeah. hurt, right? Yeah, so it's okay if the poor get poorer, but now the, the rich are getting poorer. Look, there was only one way this could go. You know, if you're going to bring down asset prices, the only people that own assets are rich people, okay? And so, it's it, you know, I think people can tolerate and stomach some pullbacks and retrenchment, but it's getting to a point now where, you know, you're blowing up whole industries. And so, uh, you know, the National Association of Realtors are a very, very powerful lobbying block. And a lot of people don't know that. I think it's 16 states um, where GDP, 30% of GDP is uh, real, real estate related activities, and California is one of them. And so it's not going to take long before the they start firing up that lobbying engine, okay? And and you have states like California and New York that are um, um, that are blowing up because of that, coupled with a tech implosion, is that you know they're going to be screaming too for for relief. Mm-hmm. But you know I think uh, like I said before, Jerome Powell's not fighting inflation he's fighting something else and and i think i think we just saw what he was fighting come to light over the weekend in in beijing and what's that regime change or sea change politically what what's he fighting specifically yeah he just took over um basically yeah. okay. got the reformers and uh you know he's going full hard on so um you have that and you have russia and you know, and they're and they're obviously rightfully concerned about the dragon bear. I'm personally not. Um, you know, both those regimes are fraught with with their fracture. You know, they 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 look solid, but it's like dropping a dropping a piece of glass onto the ground. So it's 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 easily fractured. But that's what they're fighting. They're trying to keep a competing system from from embedding into the world economy and. You know, and now they finally got China's. They finally got China to devalue the yuan. And at first, it's going to seem like it's a great idea, but at the end of the day, China has to import all its raw materials in order to export its its finished goods. And so it becomes becomes a problem for Ch- for China. And uh, and Xi's scaring a lot of will be scaring a lot of industries out of the, out of China here pretty soon because. You know, you don't want to be the industry in his in his crosshairs next. Right. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Well, let's take this to a, a practical level. Um, you you own Trade Genius and operate that within the market uh, with a group of investors that you help train. How are you doing with regard to this uh, economic uh, interesting set of times we're in? Uh, we're probably having probably the best four weeks of our. Uh, of our of our business here, we caught we caught the downdraft in September. We told our our subscribers based on our algorithms that uh, October is going to be a push higher, and and it and it has been, and um and you know we told people to stay the course in energy. You know people listening to me for months now. I said energy, 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 energy's just fine, and and. Uh, you know, where if you had a portfolio of energy, you're down four or five percent for the year. If you had a portfolio of of the stock market, you're down twenty five percent a year, and that's not going to change next year. Oz. You know, so you know it's going to be the revenge revenge of the fossil fuels next year. Copper prices are going through the roof. It's going to kill the renewable energy market. Okay, cobalt prices are getting out of hand, and, and lithium prices are at their high. So. Is you know the fact renewables are are going to become uncompetitive against fossil fuels again, and and you're you know you're going to see a renaissance in in nuclear. So that's where we're positioned, and we're quite happy about it. And and uh, um, you know we've just been knocking it out of the ballpark for our, our our subscribers. And I sent you over a few notes over uh, right, right. what people say. I mean we've changed people's lives this uh, this last month. No, you really have. I'm looking at some of these comments here. 
and uh, they're they're praiseworthy towards you, and uh, they give you a lot of credit. Well, I've been saying this too. I mean, uh, there are niche businesses like yourself, specific uh, businesses that are outrunning inflation, that are providing people with reliable income, and you're managing to do that. And these comments reflect that. Uh, it's just uh, it's just you have to know where to go. And put your money in general investment is a stupid idea. You need to have the niche. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Look, I mean, my whole trading career was was overweighting sectors that I think are going to do better. You know, my personal portfolio, and and that's how you win in this. That's how you win in this game. And people just doing generally passive income with with uh, you know with the broad market or or. Um, uh, you know, over over time, they don't do very well, especially if if the uh, big boys start to roll over, which they will in this next down cycle. They make the rest of the market go down farther than it normally would. So I tend to stay away from that, other than just day trading, you know, in that environment. But I'm mostly interested in overweighting sectors that I think are are getting the bid that our algorithm says there's momentum coming into them. And you just ride those 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 memes, if you will. And a lot of these are some of these are secular, that one or two year moves. So <clears throat> that's where we are. You know, we're on the energy train. I think for the last eighteen months, I've been just telling people, when in doubt, buy dips in energy. You're going to be fine. And look, next year, coal is going to do fantastic. Uranium is going to continue to grind higher. Natural gas and oil are going to continue to move higher. And the guys who get that stuff out of the ground transport it and store it are all going to do well as well so do you think the oil so, companies know this well yeah i mean look you know our family's biggest position is exxon mobile and it's at it's almost at all-time highs right now <laughs> so the oil companies know it it's the smaller companies where the niches are starting but the big move just started about a month ago again i mean we, we're having some explosive moves we're in xle right now for subscribers and uh Told them to get in at 84, sitting around 87, 88 right now. It's probably going to go to 100. You know, these are big moves. You know, 15% moves in a couple months is, uh, it's good living. And so that's where we have people. And then, and then the coal companies are all out of debt. They all were almost bankrupt two years ago. And now they're printing so much cash that they're going to start buying back shares and paying massive dividends. So coal's going to be a great position to be in. And I don't know if you noticed, but Cameco Energy just bought, um, you know, the uranium uh, miner just bought Westinghouse Services. So they're they're going to be managing the nuke plants that their uranium is going to be being utilized. So they just basically bought their customer base. And so, so there's just a lot of things to uh, to focus on on the good side. And then on the food side, you have, uh, you know, you have. Uh, uh, you know the ag chems are going to are going to do well. They're very volatile, so you you know they're really more tradable, or you have to be really long term. You just they're harder to swing, so you either got to grab them quick, or you hold them for a long period of time. But fertilizer is still going to be at at a deficit at least through next year. Then then a lot of supply is going to come on on board. So um, so that helps. And if inflation takes hold, the way I think is going to happen is you're going to get um, you're going to get um, uh, the, the grocery stores are going to do well. So there's just always going to be some opportunities in here. But we're taking advantage of it. Yeah, okay. But let me tell you what the farmers are telling me. And I have a lot of farmers that follow my show. They're very concerned about the availability of fertilizer uh, and that the scarcity will drive the price up. And they think this will affect overall crop yield next year. Um, they don't look at it in a, in a very rosy way. So what would you say to these guys? Yeah, I mean, look, supply is coming online now. Um, you know, higher prices tend to bring out more supply. So at least I know the farmers that I know are, are able to get whatever they need, you know, but at higher prices. Yeah, there you go. They're, exactly. They're more worried about getting diesel fuel uh, because we have a 28-day supply of diesel fuel right now. Yes, I saw that. Is that going to come into play, or do you think Biden's going to be forced to move to mitigate that? Well, I don't know what he can do. I mean, uh, other than just ask, you know, they they keep intervening in the um, 
they keep intervening in, in the energy markets to try to manipulate prices down to try to get reelected. And, you know, um, the refiners have not been producing diesel. And I think we've exported diesel too this year, like idiots. And so now we have a, we have a low supply, um, in storage and the refiners are going to have to pivot to, to diesel. When they pivot to diesel, you know, then it's going to raise gasoline prices because they're pivoting away from gasoline. So it's, um, it's a problem. And the problem is, is that, you know, for the last 10 years, the Democrats have told, the industry that we're trying to put you out of business and and so they've underinvested in in refinery capacity i think exxon mobil is the is the only company right now that is actually putting in a massively new uh refinery in the united states yeah but we need more refinery capacity i mean you know this 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 politics of of you know our our, our energy future by trying to force we at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here. And we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call buryyourgold.com and what it does is it goes into a container you lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches it's a 50-year warranty on the device it only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground and you can keep it for safekeeping and i'll tell you this is the way to hide your gold not in false walls but underground will be very very difficult to detect to find out more Go to BarrierGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, they in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. And we already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water with dave.com that's water with dave.com save eighty dollars for a short time trying to force behavior changes through shortages um is not working i think the europeans have found that out and and the democrats are going to probably find out within two weeks here at their election what what people really think about forcing me to change versus letting the marketplace drive change through incentive and and, and technological improvement. And, and look, you know, they're trying to force everybody into renewables, but now we have, we're going to have a renewables material shortage. So we, at the end of the day, we get nothing. Is that because of silver suppressed and a lot of the other uh, minerals that are needed to support the new energy sector are not available? Well, yeah. I mean, look, silver is going out the door like, like nobody's business, but it's mostly copper. Um, there's no copper left in storage around the world. I think there's a four and a half day supply. And you know, how are you gonna and China was hoarding it and there I just posted in our room today that uh, China's uh, stocks are down to zero. So 
I don't know how we're going to get all these green new deal cars when we have no minerals, yeah, green new deal yeah. materials. Yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 that's something I've raised. Listen, I, I wish they had straightened out the battery deal and make the car more affordable. I like the idea of an electric car, but right now there's too many bugs and lack of material to produce enough. You know, I have a feeling the change is coming suddenly, and the change is here. Let me read to you one of the comments you sent over to me from one of your investors. It says, I am new here about a week. It took a bit of getting used to the format and how to interpret what was being discussed, but now I am up for three of the five days and I'm getting the hang of it. I was up $742 yesterday and over $1,500 today. Thanks, guys. That, to me, just... And there's a few other comments in here that parallel this. I just read this as representative of other comments. Uh, it looks like the change is happening, and dramatically in certain sectors, that people who work with Trade Genius are realizing these kind of profits. Yeah, look, we're trying to keep people on the side of the boat that's uh, that that's staying dry, you know, and uh, um, you know it's uh, you know it's really not that hard, Dave. It's just that they they try to comp- complicate things for people, and 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 then people make tactical mistakes in trading. So we just try to get people to be on the right side of the trade at the right time. And what we've done is we've created algorithms, and if people want to trade with us. Uh, you know, we we've created a set of pretty effective algorithms that start all the way from the Fed all the way down to down to stock level momentum and, and, and levels. And, you know, we give you access to most of these algorithms and we give you access to our bot that is uh, that is pushing out trade. You get access to my personal. What do you mean by the bot? Trades. Can you explain well, the bot? We, yeah. So I have a. Uh, all my trade ideas come from my bot. And so um, I scan those and offer trades every day just to, to prove the model, if you will. But I decided just to put the bot out there, too. So whenever the bot gets a trade signal, uh, it gets pushed out to our subscribers. So it's it's pretty cool. And, again, it's very effective. You know, basically two out of every three of those trades work out, just like the ones that I personally curate. And so we have a bot for that. We have a bot for people that want to day trade spy. Uh, these aren't trading bots. These are trade signal bots. Okay. So we don't trade your portfolio. We don't give you financial advice. We educate you and tell you where trades are setting up. And that's what the bot does. Okay. And then we, you know, we train you on how to, to trade. You know, we have, we have a series of, I don't know, I guess we're up to like 25 training classes out there and then we have trading rooms like i said i put a trade out every day and the bot puts on trades whenever they show up out of my watch list yeah i mean there's there's still opportunities like this available i say people better pay attention to organizations like yours because there's a shrinking number of economic opportunities right now that i'm hearing about and i just you know we briefly talked about this before we came on bob the cost of housing versus what people are making now, 62% of Americans have trouble affording a two-bedroom apartment. That's what the latest numbers tell us. And so they need to look for safe havens where to go to make money. It's just absolutely insane. Um, I want to ask you this, too, very quickly. Do you think Biden's economic uh, numbers are anywhere close to reality. He's bragging the economy is, quote, strong as hell. Look at our unemployment rate. It's so low. I maintain the unemployment rate's low because people have stopped working. They won't work for less than 20000 a year or less than 30000 a year. Yeah, you know, I mean, I may surprise you with the answer. Um, our economy is not doing not doing bad at all. The problem with our economy is that People aren't making enough money in it. I mean, it sounds like I'm talking on both sides of my mouth. Is that we have a labor shortage in this country, but it's going to take a while for employers to realize they have to raise uh, salaries for people in order to get them to uh, come to them to work. And so, you know, in one sense, in one sense, Biden's right. In the other sense, he causes the reason why it doesn't happen. 
So, you know, it, you're going to see just like the rents, they the rents are going to ratchet down over time and salaries are going to ratchet up over time. And onshoring is going to come here and it's going to raise it's going to raise um, wages as well. What's the motivation for onshoring to come back here? Oh, it's just national security, number one. And number two, uh, the, the, it's the, um, the, the dollar and the currencies are so out of whack around the world that, um, you're seeing trading is collapsing around the world. So, um, you're going to see more and more onshoring to, for, look, everybody's going to have to become a, their own fortress because they're going to have to, uh, repress their, their, um, financial systems to, keep their currencies from imploding yeah right exactly i get that i totally get that i I thought the the thing that trump did best with the economy was the deal he struck with major manufacturers to return to america it had such a an impactful uh just it was just really good for uh working class americans i mean they saw record rises in income and uh, unemployment was really low and I said, but you think it's going to take the threat of war to get these industries back for national security? Well, it's going to be the threat of whatever China is going to do to get them out of China. So, you know, it, it, he may start arresting people. He may try to to steal their technology in a more aggressive way. You know, whatever it is, it's, or he may try to uh, ban the exports of, like, medical supplies and you know, remember, we got a taste of it during the pandemic, right, when China refused to export masks and and other consumables, is what if they decide to do that with antibiotics, right? So, you you, you know, you're basically, we have a national security issue here, and, and that thing's going to come bite us in the rear end if we don't get our arms around uh, some of the things we're totally dependent on China for. And you know we and we did some shots across the bow in China too. We basically decapitated their chip industry. Okay, so you know I could see some tit for tat here, and maybe what's preventing preventing them from doing that is China is desperately in you know in need of our our food, right? So um, you know there is some mutually just dis- assured destruction between us, but we can more easily move a plant a factory out of China to the U.S than China being able to grow enough food for their people. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because so, the, uh, the need is so enormous. Right. Yeah. It's, it's asymmetric. And so, yeah, those issues. And, and just remember, the the countries that export the most food around the world, right, three of the five of them are five eyes. Four of the five are five eyes, right? What do you mean by that? Not, well, the five eyes are the five uh, Anglo countries, right? So they call them the five eyes. So... Yeah, New Zealand, Australia, United States, Canada, and England. Four of the five are major food exporters. Okay, so that's that's a pretty powerful block. And then you know, and beyond that, you have basically Argentina and uh, and Brazil who won't follow along, but you know they, they can only export so much. The whole world relies on them, right? So, um, so you know, so you're basically having a food exporting. Um, you know, cartel forming in in a very non, um, uh, you know, it's, it's not structured, you know, it's kind of informal. But, yeah, so, you know, if the United States decides to not export their food to anybody and we force Canada's hand, Australia will come along willingly because they're tired of the Chinese, too, is that, um, you know, China's in a world of hurt. They'd have to pay a fortune for their food. Argentina and Brazil raised their prices in a heartbeat, right? So, and Russia will take advantage of that as well. So you you know so you have yeah that's that's the sword pie hanging over the Chinese more than anything else is that they got to they got to ensure a steady and a reasonably priced food supply above and beyond what they can produce and you know they polluted their country into death and you know central planning never works so you know you know they're going to have efficiency issues within the country so. I think that probably keeps China from going two balls out here. Yeah, okay. That I understand that. There's still some confusing things out there. Because, um, okay, you got the digital currency that's supposedly coming, Executive Order 14067. 
I'm really beginning to doubt that Biden can pull this off because so much of the world has announced that they're moving towards gold-backed. So who are you going to trade with? How do you how do you see the uh, planned coming digital currency, which I think is going to be difficult to bring in? Yeah, you know, I, I'm looking at the world right now, and I call it the new world disorder. Yeah, right? really, so, yep. um, we're actually breaking down into blocks. So, um, you know, you got the dragon bear block. You know, you're going to have the five eyes block. You know, you got the non-aligned nation block. And then you got Europe sitting there with a thumb up their rear end, you know. And so um, that's how I see You know, then you have, you know, the OPEC block. So I think you're just going to see a series of trading blocks uh, forming around the world. And, and look, in this environment right now, people aren't going to try to try to create a worldwide currency because nobody trusts anybody. So, you know, that's going to have to either have to be something really bad happened and the Antichrist takes over <laughs> or we're going to have we're going to have really good. We're going to have really good economic news again and everything feel good about Kumbaya and they're going to link it that way. But, you know, individual countries may try it like, you know, China does and stuff like that. But, you know, unless unless enough countries do it, there's going to be it, it's going to be difficult to uh, to maintain the capital controls and stuff like that for it, to, you know, to work in, in practice. Do you think that uh, America will try to venture into digital or will it kind of like raise the white flag and move towards gold? Oh, and it won't move towards gold. As long as Jellen, so long as Janet Yellen's alive, it's not going to happen. She, she's absolutely is going to, uh, in the next two years, if she's still around in treasury secretary, she's going to push for a test of the CDBC. She doesn't care. Okay. She's trying to kneecap Powell right now through this, through some version of an operation twist and um can you ex- so can you explain what that is yeah so she's going to take money they have in the treasury okay and they're going to use that cash from bond sales and they're going to buy back the older bonds that are more expensive and they're going to drive down the average yield of the of the uh of the uh issued bonds around the world and so um because what Powell's doing is basically raising the cost of those those bonds and it's making it more and more difficult for the administration to manage the interest payments, right? So they're gonna they're gonna deprive it on that path. And if that fails, politicians are gonna get knee deep inside the Federal Reserve. So it's gonna be a very interesting time. You know, whenever you think they're gonna be in charge, you think the government's gonna allow a private central bank to be able to manage every transaction in the world? Uh, not without a fight, no. Yeah, politician, you know, no. Polit- I don't care. I don't care if you're progressive. You're not going to allow an entity that's not you in control of every your population. You're going to want to be in charge of your population. So that's why I think we're going to see the end of central banking as we know it in the next couple of years. So does that mean diversification into things like uh, gold, silver, crypto, uh, niche marketing in, in the stock market? Is that what we're looking at? Uh, yeah, you want to buy stuff that people need. Exactly. That's where I was going. With so, it. you know, so, you know, if you if you look at the stock market and there's something people want versus some people need, you, you buy the stock of things that people the Common Sense Show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for my pillow. For example, they've got half off my pillow bed sheets, more than half off their slippers, their sandals, their mattresses, their topper covers, women's lingerie. Now, they have extremely great products, as you all know. Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to mypillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. Mypillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. People want, I mean, need not want. Because, you know, you can do without stuff you want, but you can't do without stuff you need. Okay, just briefly, let me put the lens of that on on what you're doing in Trade Genius. I'm sure it's reflective. How is Trade Genius doing what people need? I know you said energy, and I totally agree. you got to drive to work, and we have an energy-based economy that we ship everything. Anything beyond that? 
Well, yeah, here's the stocks that we're live with right now. We own wheat and precious metals. We own PLM, which is a United States-based multi-metal miner out of Minnesota. Okay, we own XLE, which is primarily U.S. Uh, energy and production companies. We own Hecla Mine, which is a U.S.-based a U.S.-based silver miner. Okay, we own Quad U, which is a U.S.-based um, uranium miner. We own Western U- Vanadium and, and Uranium, which is a U.S.-based vanadium and uranium company. We own a boatload of um, of mine of uh, of energy names that do storage and transportation. Uh, so. That, that's where we are, and we're in and out of MP materials. We're in and out of LAC at the time. We're in FF, FCX. What's that? What's is, FCX and, L- and LAC? Yeah, LAC is Lithium America, which is an American-based lithium company. And then you have FCX, which is Freeport McMoran, which owns the five largest copper mines in the United States. You see my theme here? I do, I do. You, you want to own local, and you want to own mine, and they're all doing well. We're making money in all of them. So... Um, uh, and that's just to start. You know, remember, countries around the world are going to nationalize their mines. They're not going to let, you know, global companies steal, steal higher prices for metals without them taking their, their cut. So you want to be in the United States, you want to be in Canada, you want to be in Australia, okay, where there is a, a general consensus on how to treat private property, okay, instead of being in Africa where the dictator of the day decides that you're, what you're, what you're uh, get, receiving is not enough for him or in Indonesia where they will just send the workers on strike, you know, so you, you, you have a better situation here. So I'd rather own things that are in my country where at least I understand the laws, whether I agree with all of them or not, it's irrelevant, but I know there's private property rights for minerals and for, for oil and gas and coal. And, you know, and uranium. So, and same with Canada. You know, Canada can't survive without their extraction industries. So they don't screw around with them too much. And so, so that's where you, that's where you put your money. To, you know, you don't have to overthink this at all. And just in and out, rinse and repeat. You know, if you can catch a tech stock, automation is where we're moving to next. So, um, not enough workers. Workers want too much money. What do you do? You automate. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. That, so that's our theme for 2023. Yeah, no need to, no need to boil the ocean, Dave. Those are the areas you stay in. And if we have deflation, you, you buy bonds. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's uh, and this is what your this is what your bots tell you too. That okay for the next two weeks, this is a good place to be with your investments. That's what I assume the bots do for you. And so here's my general question. Why the hell aren't more companies using bots like what you have to guide their investments? And why are so many of them getting killed? Do they just lack foresight? I mean, how do you explain that? Yeah, I, well, I don't know. I don't know what they do wrong, but we're, you know, when you're in the lead dog, Dave, you don't sniff another dog's butt. So we don't really look at um, what other people are doing. So we're trying to drive the market forward. We know. The Fed drives liquidity, which drives the stock market. We know the dollar drives pricing for commodities around the world. We know governments overpay, so commodity prices are going to go going to go higher. So, you know, we know certain things, and so you, you just get into those sectors. I'm sure there's other people probably doing as well or better than us in niches. I don't know who they are, you know. But for what we do, I think we're the only ones really doing it this way because we're not really a investment shop. We're an education shop. Exactly. Today. Yeah. But how long? So I don't have to. I don't have to. I, I'm not bound by, you know, my my investment thesis. If I see a trade that looks good for people, I just simply point it out to them, saying, "This is where you might want to put your money." You know, um, because I'm not a financial advisor. I'm just an educator. Yeah, I, I get it. I get what you're saying. But your success rate separates you from a lot of the people that I know that are investing in the market and have not done well. And uh, I ask them, I say, do you, do you have any bots you get to follow? How long are your trades? And they can't even answer those questions for me. So let me ask you that question. Uh, typically at Trade Genius, knowing there's variability, how long do your trades last? I would imagine you're shifting quite a bit if you're following a bot. Um. 
Well, you know, it, it's our average trade is about three days. Oh my gosh! And uh, you know, but some stuff we're in for months, and some stuff we're in for hours. So, um, yeah, but you know, as a general rule, you know, I'm trading in and out of the same stocks over the course of a couple months, right? So, you know, when it goes from undervalued to overvalued, you hop off and you let it come back in again, and then you take the trade again. So. And just so people know too, I created the bot, so so we know what goes into it. So it's you know I don't have some I don't have some wizard of Oz that's doing this work for us. We we know what goes into the momentum calculations, and and as things change, we modify our our bots through changing conditions. Yeah, so. I'm not asking you for trade secrets, but are are the bots geared towards elements that are weighted by percentage of importance? Um, yeah, you know, for the most part, um, you know, human nature never changes. So, you know, we basically look at, we basically look at levels and, and we look at, um, momentum. Okay. So it's just math. And so, you know, if you think of stock trading, it's like a sine wave, you know, so, um, you know, you go, you, you kind of bounce in the channel between fear and greed. And then the markets like to trade in ranges for a while, and and so um, you know we basically use Fibonacci's and and uh, momentum indicators to to establish our ranges. And when those things break one way or the other, that's information for our bot to tell us what to do. Okay. And so that's that's kind of the essence of it. And then we overlay that with really, you know, the other three things that really move the market are the Fed liquidity and the uh, the derivative markets, which people would be known as the options markets. And, and, and options markets then drive the volatility markets because volatility is just an expression of option trades, okay? And so, you know, knowing where those sit and the direction they're going determines whether or not we actually even take the signals or not, okay? If we have a Fed liquidity drying up and we have buy signals, well, those buy signals are likely to fail. So we just don't take the trade. So it's just like it's just like sailing, right? You know, you want to throw up the spinnaker, right? You don't want to be beaten into the wind all the time. So, so sometimes you're trading heavier than than other times. But usually, when there's bad news in one sector, usually means good news in another. So we just go to we're we just move the cows to a new pasture day. It's kind of like water finding its own level. You know, when you made that comment about, you know, the lead dog and what they don't sniff, um, you know what that reminded me of? This is, you put me in the mind of Bill Belichick, the football coach for New England when he had Tom Brady and they were winning all those Super Bowls. He would make comments like that. So you guys are really on top of the game, obviously. I, I don't know what the right term is, but what, where are you guys at in terms of like rate of return of, invest, uh, of profitability? I mean, do you have any stats you can throw at us? Well, yeah. I mean, look, right now um, we're, uh, our, our winning percentage actually is ticked up. So we're at 65.14%. This is out of nearly 766 trades, okay? So you win 65% plus trades. Yeah, so that's okay. it. Yeah, we record every trade we, we put out to our subscribers. So that's 65.14%. I put a target and a stop in there, too. So I do that for, for my accountability. You know, people can manage their own trades, you know, the best they can. But, yeah, and then so the annualized gains based on that, um, is 115.91% based on a three day hold, mm-hmm. assuming you're 100% invested. So, um, not too shabby with the market being down so much. I, sw- I, I swallowed my four- coffee hard when you said it. Can you give that last number again, assuming you're yeah, fully invested? Yeah, 115.91% annualized. So, I'm looking at the last 21 trades we did, and we, we um, are down on two of them. I lost 21. So we're just, uh, you know, we're in fuego right now. And one of them, GDXJ, they, because they just keep banging on the miners. Every time we get a buy signal, it's not quite ready for prime time. But when the Fed pauses, gold and silver will have their day. Another one is Sun Power, which I love. I own long term in my, my long term portfolio. Best chip maker out there in renewable energy. But 
I think what's happening in China is really causing a lot of issues for the chip makers right now. So those are my only two losses in the last 2021. 20, and let me see here. And before that, actually the last 25 trades, I had two losses before I had any losses beforehand. So, um, so we're doing pretty well. And all the trades that we're in, that people in right now live today, all, all of them are, are, are green except for one. If you were uh, a major league pitcher and you retired this year, you'd be in the Hall of Fame in five years. Um, first available vote. That's, those are incredible numbers. I wanted to ask you about what's going on in China where Xi Jinping had his predecessor dragged out of a meeting, physically, bodily dragged, and then he basically declares himself dictator for life. What are the implications of these kinds of moves? Well, basically, you know, he's following the Mao model and he's getting rid of the reformers. And so he he has an idea and a plan for China's future. And I think he just got tired of people um, intervening in, in, in those plans. So um, I don't think it's good news because the people he's bringing on board are hardcore military and and uh and and that ilk but china has major 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 strategic disadvantages right now so they get a rapidly aging population they're 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 feared and loathed around the world now and so you, they don't have any natural allies except for pretty much russia right and and they um the Geography is a problem for them, so they, you know, they have to import a lot of raw materials to keep that engine going. And uh, so, there's a lot of places around the world where the U.S. and other countries can cause mischief on China, and then they're going to lose more and more of their export markets because of the. Uh, um, their only really advantage that people have is with their labor rates. You know, when you go into China with your factory, the Chinese governments expect you to give up your trade secrets. Okay, uh, people were willing to do that if they get a thirty percent labor arbitrage, right? Um, but they're not willing to do that anymore, and so they're and they don't have a wage arbitrage anymore. So they're losing out to countries like Vietnam, India, Indonesia, and such. And so um, I think he's trying to see if he can retool the country and do things more domestically. But you're going to find out that. Statist totalitarian countries can't rely on themselves. You know, you can't be a hermit kingdom and be centralized. You're just going to create misery, and you're not going to you're not going to move the needle technologically to to maintain your superstar. You'd be like Russia in 20 years, where you're gonna, you're just a backward country with a lot of nukes. Yeah, a lot okay? of yeah, economic incest is what I like to call that. You're yeah. you're absolutely right. It does not work. Uh, the Belt and Road Initiative is it alive and well? And was it China's attempt to colonize the world? Uh, no, it's not alive and well. I mean, you know, um, you know, there's a <laughs> there's a rule, right? So, you know, if uh, you know, if you lend somebody money and they're not in your backyard, um, you can't take the, the asset, right? So, what are they going to do when when you know the Port of Rotterdam doesn't pay their bill, right? Is China going to go and nationalize the, the the port of Rotterdam? Rotterdam, you know what I mean? Are they going to take it over? You know, the, the 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 Dutch would nationalize it in a minute and just take it from China. So China has all these assets they all around the world through you know deceptive lending practices tied to basically bribing dictators and politicians. But when push comes to shove. You know, if you have a port that's causing your people misery and the people don't like it, well, it's going to force the politicians to make a change. And so that that's what China did. They, You know, United States did a series of incentives, right, to, to build their coalition. The United States might be hated, but nobody leaves us, right, because it's in their economic interest not to. China doesn't understand that concept. They're very win-lose, Right. And so there's no economic incentive other than they they, they only pay off the the, the upper echelon, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't they don't make it in the economic interest of a country to be aligned with China. Yeah, it's only the economic interest of the elite. And the only reason why they know that is because that's all they understand in their country. 
Right. They bribe uh, leaders to give them what they want, even if it's not in the best interest of the country they represent. Yeah, and so you don't have you don't have natural. It's not it's not naturally sustainable. You know, you lose that politician, or or push comes to stuff like what happened to Sri Lanka. Then next thing you know, it you don't have you don't have support anymore. You know what I mean? And then you lose the asset. No, that makes absolute perfect sense. At one time, the Belt and Road Initiative was so prominent in places like Africa, I thought they were going to colonize the whole continent. Um, And I saw AFRICOM as the one deterrent for that, our military force that's there. But but, uh, that seems to have slowed down, except in places like South Africa. And and here's what I hear, and I want you to uh, address this fear that I hear from people that they're afraid the world's really going to go to these gold-backed currencies that Russia really kind of started into motion. They're not in control of it, but they started it. And that uh, people are going to abandon the American model, the dollar's going to fall because people don't have to buy the dollar to buy oil, and so forth and so on. Um, Are those fears overblown? Uh, I think so. You know, um, uh, the dollar is going to be the most stable currency in the world. So you're going to want to transact into something that's going to have value. And so what else are you going to transact in? And, you know, who's who's going to trust how much gold China and Russia have? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, you, that's the thing about these commodity-backed, you know, baskets is like, well, who does the counting, right? China can say they have all that much gold. Do, do we know that? Like China, are you going to move your gold to another country when you have a transaction? Of course they won't. So that's why it'll never happen. So um, uh, that that was the problem before, you know. Uh, um, you know, England can get away with it because they, and the United States, because there's a level of trust between the two systems, you know. But you know, you're, uh, you know, Russia and China to say, hey, we're going with gold back, you know, you know, currency, right? Then like, okay, well, how much gold do you have? Well, trust us, we have this much. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, and and, and there's something else going on, too, and I'm trying to put two and two together on this. Iran is really on the verge of an overthrow. I mean, I've never seen the people rise up like this for decades in Iran. They're just furious. And what I'm wondering here, one, is the CIA-sponsored, and is this to cut short, the fact that Iranian oil would be used by these gold-backed countries? And is this, do you think... uh, a CIA plot to uh, overthrow a government to stop that from happening? Well, I'm sure the CIA is happily enabling it, but it's pretty organic. I live, I live in a, in a, in an area with a lot of, uh, of Persian emigres. In fact, Saturday night we had dinner with uh, a couple that actually, you know, escaped as children, you know, um, to, uh, to the United States from Iran. And, they were telling us that it's very organic. The level of hate for the regime in that country is palpable. And people are, and it, you know, that country is very young. And, and so the people there are now, uh, they're openly, openly battling the police, okay, in the streets. And he said, it's just a matter of time. He said, it's a shame. He said, they, the regime is, you know, just being very brutal. Is this yeah, is this targeted the, towards the mullahs, the people's hate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they want to get rid of the mullahs. You know, if you lose the mullahs, Iran is it would be is a natural U.S. ally. Exactly. That's what I've said always. You know, it's interesting. I remember after nine eleven, Bob, that uh, we had a soccer team play in Iran, and uh, against state orders, the people sponsoring the event paid homage to the victims of nine eleven. That was the Iranian people, the people, not the government, the people. Yeah, and you know, out here, I think there's a million people from 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 Persia. I don't even call it Iran; they call themselves Persians here, and uh, they um, they they uh, have all the connections back there, you know. And it'll just be it'll, it'll be an amazing event. Look, the Saudis don't want it, okay? The Russians don't want it. They want they want Iran to stay where it is. Believe it or not. You know, so uh, you know, a free, a free and prosperous Iran would be would be a major competitor uh, around the world. You know, it's the United States' best interest that it happens. So then we we can let loose that oil in Iran, and the price of energy would collapse. So there's a lot of reasons why 
you know, state actors would like to keep the mullahs in power, but I just don't think it's going to be possible long term. I think, you know, there's only so many police and only so much military, and you know, these these people have families too, right? Right. So you know, uh, at some point they say it's not worth it, and they just, they'll just switch sides. Yeah, I, I see that very trend. I it's it's the media is kind of sitting on this. So I'm getting information from other sources, but yeah, the discontent is off the charts right now. I mean, they make our unhappiness with Biden look like recess uh, in terms of how angry the average person is. Um, you know, you're kind of a light. You're a beacon in a dark sea right now, though, Bob, because uh, people, are, I think, are making such bad economic decisions. So people are listening to this. And they go, well, Bob's kind of bared a soul about trade genius. And how they're doing what they're doing in this economy. How do I become a part of it? So what would you say to them? Yeah, just go to tradelikeagenius.com and check out. We have seven bundles, stocks, crypto, day trading, training, 65% off. Or you can go to um, anything not bundled, promo code Halloween. And I think I think I'm sure that I think it's forty percent off. If I'm but if here, I'm let wrong, me pull this up here on the first. It's higher. I don't pay attention that my my Bob. My, I got good news. Partner. It's fifty percent off. Fifty percent off. See, that I even was going to shortchange you guys. <laughs> it's fifty percent. Uh, yep. Yeah. So uh, and it's available till Saturday, the thirtieth. Take advantage of it. You like what we do? We'll help you make money. We'll get you on the right side, and you'll learn a lot. I think this is absolutely. Uh, an incredible thing you're doing. Let me ask you this, because you thrive in the bad times, and we, I've talked to you enough to know this is true. As the American economy turns further south, trade genius turns further north. What would happen if the economy were to suddenly right itself? We have regime change, we're moving forward, oil's released, we're energy happy again. How would that affect what you're doing? Uh, we would shift to infrastructure plays and... Uh and and but that's where we're going. So we're it'll 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 shift to the banks basically back to the industrials. So wow. I I fully I fully expect that over the next two years after this dip, there's going to be a concerted effort to reindustrialize the United States, and you're going to see uh, money moving into that sphere. Construction companies, big engineering firms, you know companies like Caterpillar, um, all the energy names will still be good. Um, you know, so all that stuff. Nothing's going to change. It's just a shift. I agree. The momentum is there. The obstacle is the ruling party. And they've shown no sense of understanding what's going on around them. I mean, they're stubbornly holding to what has put this country in this bad position. Um, so it's going to take a political uh, overhaul here, I think, this November and again in 2024. Uh, how long are we going to stay in this recession that we're in? Well, you know, there's rumors that we're actually we'll have a positive GDP print coming, but we're gonna we're gonna dip into um, um, first half of 2023 is gonna be probably the nadir in this, and we'll come out of it going into 2024. It all depends on um, the price of energy and the price of of, of credit. So if, if credit and energy keep moving higher, then the recession will be deeper. Okay, and uh, because of the um, the cost of living will be, so, you know, there's there's a difference between inflation and cost of living. We have a we have our own podcast on that. So you can have high cost of living as non inflationary. It's just that you're you're just limiting what you're able to afford. Exactly. Right. Yep. So uh, inflationary meaning is that there's just too much money sloshing around, and um, and so you have, um, and depending where it gets sucked up, whether you have inflation or not. So, you know, if the cost of housing and the cost of food and the cost of maintaining your credit card and the cost of buying a car, all those things continue to, to rise, then the recession is going to become deeper and deeper okay. because you just need a substitution on Congrats. it. That's really so, well said. And unfortunately, we're out of time. So let me just repeat the essentials you gave because people are going to write to me if I don't say this. Um you get involved with Trade Genius by going to tradelikeagenius.com. This deal is good through Saturday, and the deal is 65% off. 
the bundled items 50% off the non-bundled items with the coupon code HALLOWEEN. And folks, you heard the numbers of success. I strongly recommend you take a long look at this because there's not many opportunities like this out here. Bob, thanks so much for joining us. Look forward to talking to you again. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dave. See you later. We at The Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts to help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com. And what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground. And you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold. Not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee.